Welcome back to People of Product. Uh, we're in the middle of a short series on the basics of product work. Uh, we found after interviewing lots of people over the 100 plus episodes of this podcast that actually the things that most people were running into was just doing the basics. So right now we're right in the middle of looking at what does it mean to do the basics of product work really, really well. And sometimes it just means doing it even more basic. Hmm. Today we're going on a, a journey, Dan. Yeah, we're gonna take a little trip, but first we need a map. Ooh. A map of where we're going and how we might get there. And in the product world, we call that a roadmap. Um, but this simple tool can be a hot button conversation because not everybody loves them. So let's go ahead and talk about that. Dan, I, I have to admit, I'm a little jealous of you. Don't be. Well, you and I have talked about this before. You're, you were a, a great traveler. Oh. You, well, partly because you planned for your travels. Oh, yes. But I know that maybe not last year, mid-COVID, mid as many people did, you took an epic road trip. It was right in the thick of it. Right? Yeah. Tell, tell me about that, that epic road trip with well, your family. Yeah, we, well, we... <laughs> And some of you may have seen these. The, the Cruise America RVs. Cruise America RVs. <laughs> it's got the big old picture of, oh, I think it's Devil's Tower from Arizona, which I think is, eh, it's not close to the Grand Canyon, but it's just right there. Uh, what's what's it wrapped? Oh, wrap like vehicle. Oh wraps. yeah, like yeah. The, it's the it, big the wrap. It's the, on the side of the yeah. yeah and there's a bunch of them. Right, and there's I think there's maybe a friendly dog on the door that you'd go open. <laughs> but yeah, we, so we rented. I think it was a. I want to say 20 foot, maybe 24 foot RV. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we set out, I want to say it was like mid-June. Yeah, we were gone for a full, yeah, I think 14 days. It was great. Yeah, we went north up through Nebraska up to South Dakota and then went west uh, through, uh, is it the Black Hills or the Badlands? Maybe, maybe this, they're both the same, the but I can't here. remember. Um, through uh, Mount Rushmore and then into Yellowstone, and the Grand Tetons, and it, it was great. It took a lot of planning, because there's so many places along, well one, you're driving an RV, so you actually have to plan your campsites. Right, because not everywhere can take an right. RV. It's not just yeah. like you can ride in and be like, what hotel might we stay in, yeah. or are we gonna rent an Airbnb and stay there the whole time? Right. It's like, no, we're gonna be in different places each time. And so, yeah, a lot of planning, but yeah, it was, it was great. So I have to assume, kind of on theme here, you had to map out your route, correct? Very much so, yeah. And we actually went with my, my sister and her family. And Lisa, my wife, and my sister, Jess, are phenomenal trip planners. They're even better than you? The, oh, yeah. Yeah. Man. I mean, I have a role, but it's given to me. I'm hopeless. I, I mean, we're just, I'm just, we're not, we're not trip planners like that. And you have a whole group of them. There's a, there's a, a spreadsheets. A, and, yeah. 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 So you, you, you have to map out your route, mm. but because if you didn't map out your route, you could rent that RV and you could set out on the open road mm -hmm. in any direction. Mm -hmm. There is a landmass called North America right. that you are constrained to, right. you can't drive into the ocean, right. but it maybe eventually you would end up hitting Yellowstone, right? If you just kept going around on the roads for a long period of time, but if you didn't map it out, yeah, you wouldn't know where you're going, right? Because I mean, even entrances to the park, there's multiple entrances, and so it's like you just can't like, oh, it's not like crossing the street going into a, a park. Yeah, 
you are planning like, okay, if we go through this entrance, it's this highway. If we go through this entrance, it's this highway. And to get to that entrance with an RV, it's a little bit treacherous, you know, depending on, you know, the time of the year. And so there's just different things. And the park is so big that um, depending on where you want to be at per day, depends on where you're going to stay. So it's- Well, and you've never done this trip before, right? Never. So then it'd be different even if you had done the trip before. Right. Because you could say, well, I know the route. I'm familiar with this. Like when I drive home or I do my commute each day, I know the route. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I don't still plug it into a mapping system to make sure that maybe I won't hit traffic or deal right. with something like that. But I know the route. Right. It's kind of the same. And to kind of dovetail into what we've been talking about, it's kind of the same when it comes to planning a project. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're working on a product or a piece of software that you've never built before or that you haven't built this exact solution before. If you're doing something disruptive, if you're doing something that maybe this team has never worked before together, there is a certain level of um, getting people aligned on Mm -hmm. where you're going. Mm -hmm. And and if you don't have a map, how do you know if where you're going and how you're gonna get there? Right, you know, there's there's a time and a place to where it's like, okay, we can probably react to this situation in the moment. Right. But when you are, especially depending on the scope of time, yeah. the length of time, yeah. and all the different possibilities that could happen uh, when you get to certain milestones, I think we're seeing a theme here, mm-hmm. is that uh, a roadmap is super useful because, and I even, we talk about this like when I do any sort of public speaking, I typically like to write out what I'm going to say. Yeah, you do. And it's a plan. It's kind of like, here's what I, the, the gist of what I would love to say. But because I've planned in the moment, if I go off script mm-hmm. or if there are unknowns that come up, maybe a question or whatnot, I can easily find my way back. Yeah. For, so going back to your road trip uh, with your family, I, I assume there was times that you said, well, let's going to just mute the old slack there. <laughs> uh, so so going back to your road trip with your family, I assume there's times when you went off course a little bit mm-hmm. or said, hey, yeah. you know, let's go check out that restaurant right. or let's go see that. That's uh, what is it called? called? Scenic. Oh, um, scenic uh, outlooks, scenic. outlooks. Yeah. Scenic outlooks. Yeah. Yeah. Pull, like pull offs. Pull, pull offs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the same the thing. thing that no one ever does. Yeah. And then there's like, you see a couple of people are like, maybe we right. should do that next time. And then you, you just keep going. Right. But, but you, you give yourself the permission to do those types of things because you still know our destination is Yellowstone. Right. We're going, that's where we're going. We're, right. we're going to hit these spots along the way. Yep. There are milestones. These are goals along the way. Yep. And even in that sort of analogy or just from that trip is different phases of the journey allowed for more kind of, Oh, we got to pivot or we got to change here. Yeah. Um, so for example, the trip out there is pretty standard. We're driving on a highway at mm-hmm. a few like kind of like major stops. Once you get in the park, you have an idea of what you want to do, but there are so many different options depending on weather. Bison. Depend- <laughs> depending on, no, seriously, bison, like we can't go that way today. So we're going to turn around and go a different direction. Uh, different things come up to where it's like, well, we were planning on going to this, you know, uh, waterfall today, but for whatever reason, it's raining, not very warm. So mm-hmm. we're going to go over, do this and then maybe do that again another day. And so when we got to kind of the quote unquote end destination, there were more because there were un- more unknowns. Yeah. Like for the most part, when you're driving out there, it's like, okay, I know the next two days of weather, but I don't really know the weather like fully seven days from now when we're in the park. Yeah, good point. And so the further out, it's like there's more unknowns. And so there were more times to pivot. And I think just from my experience is that product teams run into the same thing. 
Yeah, I mean, and we've talked about this a little bit in, mm-hmm. in the previous episodes of really trying to get the team aligned. Mm-hmm. And in a tool like a roadmap, and we'll kind of get into what we think we mean when we say roadmap, but a tool like a roadmap is a really great tool to, to answer the questions of like, why are we doing this? Why mm-hmm. now? Uh, what might be this approach to this challenge? Do we have clarity? And then on previous episodes, you've kind of talked about like, how does a team do good work together? Yeah, because it's not just factors of, you know, maybe of a time nature or factors of, you know, technical nature or whatever. I mean, there's factors of of people. Right. Um, You know, on a road trip, there's factors of, did someone get sick? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did someone get injured? There's factors of like, someone's just not feeling it today. Right. Other, you know, we, so from a, you know, a team management aspect, we talked through, you know, those five dysfunctions of a team around trust, uh, conflict, commitment, accountability, and results. Those are really key things to get people aligned. And if one of those things might be out of whack, um, can have an effect of on a roadmap. Yeah. So with all that in play, we really wanted to kind of bring ourselves back to like, what is a roadmap? Because there's mm-hmm. there's lots of tools out there for roadmapping. There are lots of white papers, and, <laughs> and there's like it feels like that's a it, everybody's kind of going, ah, oh, what's the thing I need to make to kind of paint the vision for where we're mm-hmm. going? Um, we got a chance to to talk with Ben Sabri of Civic Plus, who actually was a previous client years ago with us. And he had, I think, a really great succinct definition of what a what roadmap can be. Hmm. Yeah, so a product roadmap is kind of the North Star for um, where you want to take your product into the future with the information that you have um, at the time. So it's a living document. Uh, if you deliver, if you have a three-year product roadmap and you're delivering what you thought you were going to deliver in three years, three years later, you're probably doing your job wrong because the market's probably changed since then. So I, I liked his language of a product roadmap is your North Star mm-hmm. with the information you currently have at the time. Right. Um, which is really important because yeah. then he goes on to say that it, it's, it is a living document. Yeah. Um, I love that language. I think that was my favorite part of, because if you think about, okay, uh, the, the, the human body to a certain extent, there are constants. Like I know, like talking to you, you know, you have you have you have a heart you have a brain you know there's these constants i appreciate that i know know. (laughs) um but as you age as i age as we all age five years from now i can say oh the constant is you still have a heart but with the information of uh that i have at hand your heart may be operating differently Mm -hmm. you know um (laughs) whether it's higher cholesterol or what are you saying you're just trying trying to poke it i'm just going to get right now um (laughs) I just love that because it's like, it is a living document to where there are constants, but there are definitely changes. And I think you have to recognize both. And again, going back to to product roadmaps, they're the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But let's, let's kind of paint this picture as to where it comes into play though. So let's say that you're, you're building a product and you're, you know, that the potential of the business impact, you've done some research, you've, um, you know, paid for data from a Gallup poll or from Mm -hmm. Gartner or something. And it says you need to be focused on this type of product, something that's going to upskill your workforce or something that's going to help you to recruit better or Mm -hmm. operate better or, you know, whatever. So you have a technology, um, that you, you're convinced is going to change your organization. The impact is going to be huge. Mm -hmm. Impact is going to be huge, but. Well, I mean, you know where you're going. And again, that's the first step. Yeah, that's yeah. the first step of the challenge is to, and it is extremely important. You have to be aligned on where you're going. 
but the question is like, what will it take to get there? Yeah. What needs to be true of your team? What needs to be true of what you do in order to get you from point A to point B? And that depends on a couple different things. One, it depends on the complexity and scale of the initiative itself. Of course, yeah. I mean, if you're, you know, consolidating systems, if you're starting from scratch, you know, you're just, and you really, you're really starting from an idea on the back of a napkin. Yep. Um, those are two different types of complexity. Maybe you're just implementing Salesforce or you're right. putting in something that already is a, an existing licensed solution. Right. But you need a little custom piece or, right. but if you're starting from scratch, it's a different scope. 100%. Right. And so there's that aspect, but the other aspect too is also how many stages yeah. uh, within the complexity. So research, design, planning out data architecture, prototyping all the way through execution. There's going to be different types of phases, stages, again, depending on that complexity. Yeah. And that's really difficult to visualize, mm -hmm. right? Um, mm -hmm. I think if you have a lot of experience of doing this over and over and over again, it becomes a little bit easier, mm -hmm. right? Because you, you know, there's an expectation of what it means to set up an environment, to right. architect your data, to prototype out UI designs. And let's be honest, most UI structures are pretty consistent now. So we know what a login looks like, we know what input fields look like, we know what input labels look like, we know right. what graphs look like, et cetera. Pulling those things all into something that's cohesive and easy to use is a whole different thing to do. But one of the biggest challenges is that is that depending on that complexity that you mentioned, even if it's an easy thing like implementing Salesforce, right, that's not actually that easy, Salesforce <laughs> is a beast. Or let's just say like signing up for Asana and getting the team to start using it. We've implemented things like that. Like we just switched uh, our whole knowledge base over to Notion. And it took us a year, hmm. one, to get the content in, to get people onboarded, to train them how to do it. And, and even, even for something like that, we didn't really want to commit to the timeline of what it would right. take. Um, and now even go to the point of building your own product. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a startup, you're an innovative entrepreneur, C-suite leader, at a certain point, you have to go back to the five dysfunction of the teams. You have to commit to a potential, potential timeline and say, yeah, we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. And we're going to give ourselves a constraint. And in that constraint, this is how we believe we're going to get to that destination. Right. And I want to visualize it for you. Um, what's, the, what's the statement? It's, is it Eisenhower that says... Mm -hmm. You're, you're better at the quotes. Yeah. Uh, he's, in preparing for battle, I have found that plans are useless, but yes. planning is indispensable. Yeah. And I hate that because which, I'm not a good planner. Which all, <laughs> really what that means is like it's an educated guess. Right. When you are outlining a roadmap and you're putting all the prep work in, make no mistake, that is necessary. It's good. It gets people aligned. It helps you plan contingencies. But once you get into it, as he said he finds it useless. Um, from a roadmap standpoint, really what that means is that, um, we want to get on the same page. Um, and we can only learn by f from an agile standpoint right. what, and what it's taught us, which uh, it really goes along with that statement. Well, is that you can really only learn by creating something and then gathering feedback to validate that direction. Yeah. And again, even with agile, you know, there is some aspect of planning, but at some point you got to just jump in, you start working, you validate your work and see if you're on the right direction or if you need to make modifications. And so a roadmap, whether it's created by a product manager, product owner, development team, whomever, will be just enough to start shaping the commitments of the team. Yeah, it's funny because I, I've seen some articles on over the years online about roadmaps. And 
basically the, the thing that comes down to is like, if you're an agile purist, mm -hmm. you never have a roadmap because you only have whatever's at the back of the top of the back of the, right. the backlog. Right. Um, and the, the reality is, is then there's no commitment to, to what has to be done by when and how, and where are we going and mm -hmm. where's the North star. And so your incremental changes are just right there in front of you. And you may be only two or three degrees off, but you don't realize the implications of that two to three degrees off, like could be huge. Right. Now they would say in agile, well, no, you just, you create the roadmap as you go because you're right. figuring out the right way forward. Right. But again, if you don't like your road trip to Yellowstone, if you don't know our destination is still Yellowstone. Unless of course there was like the, the other trip that you went on where there was like fires oh. and you had to change plans altogether. That's that a, happens. Yes. Oh, so yeah. like I would call Talk that about a, being agile, right? But I would call that a pivot in your roadmap. Oh yeah. Right. And so, so being able to say, no, we still believe we're going here. Even as we go along the route, we make small adjustments. Mm -hmm. There's a detour here. There's a place we want to stop there. And that's okay. As long as we still know we're drawing ourselves towards that, that North star. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that when we're thinking about a roadmap, really what we're talking about is creating a timeline, something that, um, you can understand the first draft is probably not right. You know, it's not perfect, right? We know where we're going, but we have some assumptions that these are things that we're going to need to do to get it done. Mm -hmm. Um, every project has its unknown unknowns, mm -hmm. but you doesn't mean you shouldn't state this is what we believe needs to happen. Right. Um, so for example, for us, we often have what we call our defaults, mm -hmm. which is to say kind of our, our, the way that we approach most projects has a, the, the, has the stages of some level of planning early on context, um, has prototyping. And then when we get into development, there's early releases. Then we start thinking about future priorities. Then we really get into, okay, now we've got users that are going to start using it. So there's user onboarding and engagement and the roadmap goes on. Right. Now that formula is pretty consistent across most of our products. And yep. you would fill underneath that what the features are that need to be built when. But like I said, just like your Yellowstone trip, yeah. uh, plans change. Right. It's okay. Absolutely. I mean, even to the, you know, the really, I guess, myopic example of when you're on a, a sticking to a vacation or a travel, you know, going somewhere, if it's Friday night, you may have planned, well, we're going to go have Italian, mm. but for whatever reason you switched and you went to, to Mexican or, you know, Asian. It's like at the end of the day, what was your objective to eat? Mm, yeah. I love some food. My objective is like, we need to, we need to eat. We're all hungry. <laughs> Get a little um, hungry. Our, our, our plan was Italian, Yeah. but for whatever reason it didn't work out. But at the end of the day, what's going to happen? Our objective was complete. We just had to pivot a little bit for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. We're doing McDonald's again. It's a road <laughs> trip. Okay. You know, everyone right? likes McDonald's. <laughs> Um, okay. So I don't know about you, but I am, I am extremely visual. Mm. Um, I think there's something to be said where you, you know, a backlog is a really powerful thing to see a list of the jobs to be done, right? Really breaking things down. And we'll get into that in future episodes, but what, what is powerful about seeing the stages of work to be done, whether again, that is broken, broken out by feature, broken out by, um, the stages of product development. And you can even do hybrids where it's like, this yeah. is the master product plan. And then there's kind of sub milestone plans. Right. Um, those are all really helpful because you can visualize it. Right. Um, and I think that's a big piece for me is to be able to say, okay, cool. Where are we at on this journey? Are yeah. we ahead of schedule? Are we behind schedule? Do we, or do we need to change the schedule? Um, are we still heading in the right direction? 
Yeah. And that, that's a visual tool, which I think is, is really helpful. So you don't, doesn't become super overwhelming. Yeah. It's a communication tool. And think how many times where really what you're trying to do is make sure that if I'm communicating with you, when we walk away, we want to make sure that, um, I was understood and, um, I felt understood and you understood what I was trying yeah. to say. And, and we, we were we, saying the same we thing. We had common language. And a lot of times, I mean, it's no different than working with someone um, on a software development project, particularly, you know, if you're working with a client and cause to you, if you could say a whole bunch of different technical jargon yeah. and another technical person could say, Oh, I know exactly where you're at and what's going on. Yeah. That's not the case with everyone. And so a visual tool is just a way to communicate. So for example, you know, even within our own sphere right now, from a, a business or company standpoint, what does it look like to have a dashboard or some level of visualization or communication tool that communicates different aspects of our, our company's performance yeah. metrics, what, what, Finance, what data yeah. is meaningful to us yeah. um, on all different spheres, internally, externally, client, um, our teams, and how do we communicate to that so that we're all on the same page? Yeah, and I think it's that becomes really powerful too. If you're inside the organization, a lot of the times we're working, occasionally we'll be working with someone truly in the C-suite. Yeah. Of C-suite of the C-suite, especially if it's like a big company, but more often than not, we're working with someone who is, you know, uh, a VP of a particular division or a director of this particular R&D effort. And what we'll talk about is with that person, she might want to go and say, I really need to make sure that my bosses understand what we're doing yeah. and how long it'll take and what we're, what we're going to need to get there. Mm -hmm. And a roadmap is one of the tools. I think there are others, but one of the tools that is really helpful to, to just say high level, we think it's going to be about this long. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of unknown unknowns still. Mm -hmm. So understand this is a living document. It might change, but here's where we're going. And it's a great communication communication tool. And I think as product people, that is important to take into consideration, whether you're on the service side or product side is this is where people get nervous. Yeah. Cause people will ask for like how much longer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. how or much more money, what, what, what all has been done yeah. or are, are we close to being on schedule? Um, Will we have this? All of these legitimate questions, but because the nature of things, you don't have a full answer. So being able to say we're holding things loosely yep. or we will have something like this. It may not look exactly like it, yeah. but it will accomplish this purpose. I, we, I may not know exactly what the trees look like in Yellowstone, but they will have, it will have trees and we will go hiking. Yeah. There'll be bison. I have no idea how long the trail is, yeah. but <laughs> we will be, get there. We will have fun. Uh, this is what we can plan on. And so, I just think it's really important to uh, state that communication of the roadmap, how you communicate it, the conversations you have with key stakeholders, especially those that maybe are not familiar or, or technical. Yeah. Um, really having that conversation and using that visualization as a communication tool is key. I think about you going on your road trip. I'm sure you knew that you had to pace things at a certain rate of saying, okay, we know we're going to stop at these RV parks mm -hmm. by these dates. Now you might've said, well, I think we could push for the next RV spot because we, we're example. making good time. Yeah. Or uh, we probably should stop a little early. We're running, we're running behind. Let's go to go to this first one because we won't, it'll be dark by the time we get to the or next one. Or that one's full or that one didn't get the best reviews. So what right. about the one, you know, two miles down the road? But in all of that, you are still pacing yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think there is something going back up to commitment and accountability with the roadmap. You still can have, maybe there are, in some of the roadmaps that we've created, there are key points, key milestones where you say, 
these milestones are mission critical. Mm -hmm. We have to get to this point in the, in the roadmap. If we're not there by then, we're probably going to be off track for getting anywhere by the dates that we've set out ahead of us. Right now, what, what, you know, exactly which park we stay at, which spot we park in, you know, et cetera, that, that can change. Mm -hmm. Meaning the feature set itself might look a little different than what we thought it was going to be, mm -hmm. but we will have something in the hands of the users by this date. Right. We will be ready to test this by that date. And I think it's good to commit to those, those key milestones, even if the roadmap overall does shift mm -hmm. and priorities do get updated and the route gets, you know, shifted a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but you do have to have that, that piece that says, you know, Hey, I'm communicating with my stakeholders, i.e. the people writing the checks right. or approving the budgets that we will have things for you to see and the progress right. for you to see it. Right. Um, but I think that one of the biggest things is to say, you know, um, if our roadmap efforts are on track and if they need to be updated and why, and then right. just be honest about it. Right. And you don't have to do this, you know, by scratch, you know, you don't have to do this on a sheet of paper. You right. can. Yeah. And that's helpful. I've, I've seen them. I've actually stick, done that before. Sticky notes Years on ago. a marker board. Yeah. Right. When we used right. to be in the offices together. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, um, <laughs> what are some of the tools, George, that we've found? I mean, we found them before, but man, had they been so much more integral to what we do in yeah. the, you know, the, the remote world we live in. Yeah. I mean, this is another thing. There's, there is, there's a SaaS tool for everything. Um, a lot of the tools that you're probably already using for product management, like Jira or mm -hmm. Asana or whatever, they have some level of Ganting tools, which yeah. is a Gantt chart is what you'll usually visualize this at. It's like bars of time and, and levels of focus. Those exist in those tools. We have found that using a tool like Miro, which is more of an online whiteboarding tool, yeah. I actually went around and asked all of our product managers, what, what are you using for, for road mapping these days? And they almost all said, we share a Miro board that we come mm. back to each sprint, each backlog grooming with our client and, and review. Yeah. They can add to it, we can add to it, and it becomes this live thing um, because it's flexible. Um, what, you know, there are, there, are, there are other apps like um, Product Plan or they used to be called what, Road Monk or something like that. Mm -hmm. All fine tools, they're very opinionated tools. Oh, and so there is a little bit of a difference, and we can talk about this later, between uh, an opinionated and an unopinionated tool. An opinionated tool says, you should do roadmapping this way. Mm -hmm. I don't think that there is a perfect way to roadmap. Mm -hmm. I think if it comes back to the basics of it, it needs to be a tool that visualizes where you're going mm -hmm. and how you're going to get there, yeah. and that is shareable, and that you understand is a living document. Um, that's where we found Miro, which is a lot more flexible because it can be used for anything. Uh, was probably our favorite tool, but you could do it in PowerPoint. You could oh, yeah. do it in Microsoft Paint. Right. Um, I wouldn't, but you could. Um, yeah, I mean, really, it, it, the biggest piece is making sure that you're using a tool that uh, makes it public, that you can share it, and you can check back in on it often. Because you can make that asset and you never go back to it, then it was, then it really was useless. Right, you know, and the hence plan. it, a, a, a living document. Yeah. You got to go back and make updates. Yeah. Okay, so... We've gotten the team aligned, mm. thinking back through our episodes now, we've gotten the team aligned. You've uh, really understood the core problem that you're trying to solve. Um, you've got a visual guide now to say, we know where we're going and how we're gonna get there. Um, but sometimes teams think that this roadmap is enough to work from. Like, oh, we, got, we kinda know the stages, that's good enough. Mm. But oftentimes I think they need to break down the work. So 
um, maybe really more thinking about the products, or the features, or the specific outcomes in each of those stages. And this is why we need to, to be working together to better understand how that work would get done. So on the next episode, oh, it's going to be epic. Oh, epic. And I just feel like we're going to share a lot of stories that are going to change the future of people's businesses and companies. Oh, yes. Epics and stories. This episode of People of Product was produced by Larissa McCarty with support from Julie Branson and Steph Inger. Our hosts are George Brooks and Daniel Linhart. People of Product is brought to you by Crema, a digital product agency. We believe that creativity, technology, and culture can help individuals and organizations thrive. Learn more at crema.us.